I want to I want to start off by, by thanking you for, for doing this and and uh, I kind of want to ask you know you're you're at this um, you're kind of at the end of the cycle of of you know the writing despair of, oh of no, despair <laughs> the cycle of no go ahead yeah, and well, at the end of a book cycle, yes. Well, I mean, we could talk about the despair cycle if that's something. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, we said the cycle of yeah. the word despair came into my head. I don't really know why. Well, I mean, no, you go know, ahead. I, you know, I've, I've got to imagine that um, there's a certain amount of, uh, of 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 relief when you're finished, you know, uh, writing writing. But how, how long did the 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 forthcoming one take? Well, uh, well, setting aside how long it takes, I was going to say, yeah. There's a certain amount of relief when you're done, but the thing is, when are you, when are you done? You're not yeah. done when you turn it in, because then you have to worry about, will my editor hate it? And then you get past the hurdle of, you know, dealing with edits, and then you have to worry about, well, what will the copy editor say? And then he's like, what will the reviewer say? And will it sell? So, you know, there's, you don't know really when to have the party. I, I, you know, and, the, and certainly, and certainly, there's a certain amount of pleasure to be taken in, in actual writing and research. I, I mean, I would hope so. You know, if that's that's what you're doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to paint such a negative. Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, but but it's it's funny. People people think um, when you're done, it's this moment where you jump up and down and wave your arms and you're like, yeah, I finished. But um, for me, the, the being in, the, sort of existing in this vacuum of just me and my book, and and not really giving a lot of thought to how other people will respond to it, is is kind of you. That's this protracted period of of fun and delight, and then you have then the stress comes of like, how will the rest of the world perceive this weird thing that I've done? Yeah, well, you know, certainly there's there's a big difference between writing a an article, which you know I guess is kind of what led to this whole science or anything, versus writing a book, um, you know, where you you can kind of you can kind of stick it in the world and and divorce yourself of the article when you're done with it. And this is this whole this whole like entire conceit that you've got to sell to people <laughs> once it's out there. You know, you've, right. you've got to sell. Yeah, it right, that. right. With a with, right with a magazine, with an article, the the magazine is the product that people are buying or not buying. And it doesn't, you know, you, you don't have this sort of pressure on you. To, like, when you do a book, you are, you are the product. And nobody's checking in with you along the way and making sure it's going to fit the demographic and the advertisers will be happy. It's just sort of you tooling along, doing your thing. And then someone's going to sell that thing. And then so you, don't, you, just, you don't know if that's going to fly. You know, and certainly, uh, I, I'm definitely a, a pretty hypercritical person. And from from what uh, you know, somewhat limited interactions I've had with you, I suspect that you're that that uh, that you're that way as well. And yeah, when when you know when I when I write something, when I make anything, really, um, the last thing in the world I want to do is is interact with it and, and read it. You know, and uh, pour over, see, you know, and, and really kind of see where it could have been better. And I'm wondering if you're a similar way where you just want to kind of, once it's done, put it out in the world and not really think about it. Yeah. 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 Very much. So you, um, yeah, you, you want to be able to, I mean, there's, there's a long period of time where you're constantly going back 
and fussing with it and fidgeting and judging it and criticizing it. But at a certain point, from from me anyway, it develops this kind of Teflon layer where I can't st- I can't stand to look at it. I am done. I can't go back into it. I can't bear to look at it. I'm so sick of it. I've decided it's finished. And after that point, I don't really want to. I don't even want to think about it. I don't even, I don't want, I know, you know, it's, I appreciate when people, like, will point something out. Oh, you know, actually, you have a date wrong here. Either, either so, you know, I'm like, oh, God, i got to go back in there. No, <laughs> this place I don't ever want to set foot again, ever. Uh, so, yeah. I've got to imagine that you've got a pretty uh, a pretty big army of, of fact-checkers, too, with something like this, because, you know, you're talking about these very specific things that need to be checked. And, you know, by by your own admission, you're you're not really a science writer or, or you know, you're not a scientist, I guess I would say. Um, so there, there's really, I mean, there's a lot of room to potentially get things wrong, right? Yeah, there is, but I, I don't have an army of fact-checkers. I have me, and I have a, I give it out, I give it to somebody for a, technical review, somebody who, who fits the material, who can catch uh, things that I don't understand very well that I've missed. I don't, and I, the copy editor, if you have a good copy editor, goes through and checks everything, every little sort of detail f- to make sure, it, you know, it's spelled correctly and it, it, you know, just the niggling stuff. So, but really, it's, it's I go over it and I do a whole separate fact check myself just going back over everything and then I give it to those two people that I've just mentioned but I don't have an art the thing about fact checking is it takes I mean in order to have someone do a fact check you have to kind of go through and fact check it yourself because you have to give them the material or the reference so you kind of in the process of doing that you have fact checked it Um, but uh, I mean there are people who I mean there, there are people who have a separate, it takes months. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a tremendous amount of time. I mean, it's it, you know, it's hard enough for me when I'm writing about something that I feel like I know about. Uh, you know, I feel, I feel pretty confident about. I, I can't imagine going out there, you know, finding out about this new thing. Some, something as difficult to unravel as you know, like space travel, and having the kind of courage to 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 put these words out there. I mean, I, I assume at least early on in the process, there's got to be. Um, it's got to be a little intimidating. Right. Well, the first stage, for especially for something like Packing for Mars, was a kind of a protracted do-it-yourself seminar. Hmm. Like, what is gravity? What What is orbit? What, how like do you the put, most basic parts <laughs> the basic of... Stuff, how the hell do you put a rocket up there? Yeah. Not that I wasn't, I wasn't writing about rocket science, but in order to study what happens to people, you have to understand zero gravity, and to talk about zero gravity, you kind of have to understand gravity and why the hell does orbit being in orbit create this state where you don't weigh anything so i had to go back to my high school physics and really kind of educate myself and and i tend to use my sources people that i interview tend to be sort of unpaid tutors Hmm. i just get them on the phone and squeeze every drop of kindness and patience out of them but is it hard I mean, is it hard to say, like, you know, hi, this is this is Mary. Uh, I'm writing a book about, uh, uh, you know, about tra- traveling to Mars. Can you explain to me how gravity works? <laughs> yes. Hello, my name is Mary. I'm a really annoying person who doesn't understand the first thing about the subject of a book. And I need you. Um, it isn't very hard for me to, to do that, actually, because I've over the years been rewarded for such poor behavior. And uh, <laughs> people, people are incredibly nice and and giving and patient, and they're, uh, they almost never, 
object to this. So, um, I, it's, it's pretty amazing. I think that scientists are, um, they are kind of excited to talk about their work with people outside their immediate mm. circle of colleagues. Because, you know, their, their families are kind of sick of hearing of it. Or, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> when somebody from the outside takes an interest, I think they get kind of excited about it. And it's a chance to um, talk about what they're passionate about. And, and they're, uh, it, it, they seem to enjoy it. It's not a problem to get people onto the phone. It's sometimes a problem to get them off the phone. I mean, people are... Uh, very enthusiastic about explaining, which is great because otherwise uh, I'd be out of luck. It, it, I mean, it's kind of amazing to you know to uh, when you think about the fact that we can survive and you know not really have any concept of these you know very basic things that are ruling the universe that, that you can really you know walk around obviously know what gravity is a, a, as a concept but not really understand how it works oh I, yeah no i when i was starting out i mean packing for mars i would be like oh, gravity what is it and i would write i was like oh i used to i dated this physicist for a while is that he's i'm gonna send him a note hey what's gravity can you explain this to me in a way that i would understand you know i i, I sent that out to like three physicists i know and i you know get these replies like mary 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 like, <laughs> nobody gets sick they wanted to help but there really isn't a way to explain that to someone i mean yeah they they did their best um but it, it is kind of amazing that you're you're it's it's even legal to do that to pick yeah. up a phone call someone out of the blue and say Hey, I need to understand this, and I don't have even an undergraduate degree in science. <laughs> Can you help me? And it, people do. I mean, is that is is there is is that one of the strengths here, though? Is um, you know, not being too bogged down in that. You know, not. Yeah. Uh, I, well, um, it is if you're trying to write a book that could be read by someone in high school. Yeah. Which my book. Uh, sometimes are assigned to uh, uh, high school classes. So yeah, I think um, I think there is a value in you know your baseline state being <laughs> below undergraduate. Just because you know when you if you if I had a if I had a degree in physics, I don't think I could bring myself to speak so so plainly and in such a dumbed down manner as I speak in my books. I mean, I, I think that would seem to me just like talking down to my reader, whereas I don't feel that I am talking down to my reader. I'm talking to my reader at my own level, which is, I don't know, eighth grade. I'm not <laughs> sure what my level is, but um, I, I don't, I don't, I think if you were, if you had an advanced degree and you tried to write for a, yeah. a general audience, unless you're one of those people who's just really good at that, like, like a lot of successful science writers are brilliant PhD academics, and yet they can speak clearly to an audience that doesn't have a PhD. Um, but but uh, it, it's it's easier to do it my way, I think, which is to just limit yourself to things that can be grasped fairly simply. You, you, you know, you see, in my the, the, the topics that I choose are are uh, pretty limited in a way. I'm 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 not going to be talking about particle physics. I'm not going to be discussing genetics. I mean, I, I, in their, in, or neuroscience. There's certain things that you really don't want to wade in there unless you are equipped with an advanced degree. I don't. Yeah. I don't think it's smart to do it. I, it's, it's hard enough for me to get up to speed on basic biology. Uh, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't attempt anything that's too 
complicated for that reason. So it, it, it's limiting in that sense, but I do think it's freeing and it is uh, an advantage in the ways that you were mentioning. Um, I'm wondering, though, if there's been any sort of... Um pushback is the right word but you know if, if there's a if if there's a sense i mean obviously as you said a lot of these people are really excited to talk to you about even these basic concepts but i'm, I'm wondering if um certain scientists almost feel that writing these things in a relatively elementary way is kind of a a, a dumbing down of them you know or, or have you gotten have you gotten negative feedback from from people who've studied this their whole lives no i haven't gotten negative feedback but i i think that it's out there in the form of a, there was a, a Twitter, or there was a back and forth on Twitter between a number of science writers. It was a mm. discussion of the value of the kind of writing that I do, and I don't even know that it's science writing. I don't really know how you define science writing, but anyway, um, if, if we assume that I am that, I am doing that, um, there was a debate along those lines, like, uh, are, are we... Are we doing a disservice to science by mm -hmm. dumbing it down and making it overly accessible? Or, not not uh, referring to your work specifically, but just no, probably. no, not no, not not referring to my work specifically. No, um, I, I never have gotten any negative feedback. But keep in mind, when people write to you, they you know ninety percent of the time they're oh. right because they enjoyed what they read. You people don't read. Don't, you don't read. You don't read blog comments clearly. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't read Amazon yeah. comments either. When people contact you, yeah, 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 uh, you know, they're usually saying something nice. Yeah. Um, right. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I assume that that is out there, but I, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it thrown in my face. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. It's nice to know that people are, you know, appreciating what you're doing. It's got to. I mean, the most the most rewarding thing I, I, I'm guessing is you know, being on a plane or something and seeing somebody actually, actually reading the book. Have you, have you ever, have you ever seen somebody in public and do you, do you feel, um, feel the impulse to engage them? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, I'm always shocked to, uh, at the site. It's very, very rare. I, um, I, I think the only, I've heard, of, I've heard people say, oh, I saw someone on subway reading your book or they'll send a photo of somebody at the beach with my book. But, but I see I your books, at least like every airport, you know, they're, they're at, you know, certainly, certainly, um, someone reading it or you mean in the bookstore? Yeah. In the books, I mean, certainly, certainly, yeah. you know, circulation, obviously based on the numbers, people are reading them, but it's, oh, I, no, I see it. I see it in bookshops. But I mean, to see yeah. someone actually reading it, I, I have always, what happened to me once it was a woman, uh, it was a, it was a, a restaurant in Alameda, and this woman was reading stiff while mm. eating spaghetti. <laughs> and I had to go up to her and just congratulate her that she <laughs> was managing to eat her dinner while reading stiff. And spaghetti is when you go to the, um, you know, the haunted house. Like that's the, <laughs> that's the brain. <laughs> exactly, spaghetti, the spaghetti in particular. Yeah, spaghetti yeah. and meatballs. Ooh. Yeah, and I was so bad for people who have picked up stiff at an airport, and then they go onto a flight and they get to that airplane chapter. Yeah. It should come with a warning sticker. Are, are you, have you always been um, sort of fascinated by, by gross out stuff? I mean, last time, last time we, we, we spoke, um, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the address you gave at Max FunCon and your kind of desire, or at least <laughs> half joking desire to do uh, a book of, of uh, recipe, recipes. Yeah. Of the grossest yeah, stuff in the world. Um, I have I always been I don't really think of myself that way but I think if you step back and 
review my oeuvre, mm-hmm. you would have to come to that conclusion. <laughs> um, I think that it's partly that I think most people secretly are interested in these things too, but they don't really trumpet it the way I do. I mean, I certainly don't go out and write books about it. I think in a, in a way I'm, um, I'm, I'm tapping into some fairly universal fascination and I'm just the one writing the books instead of reading. Yeah. And, and certainly in the way, you know, that we were saying that there was, there's that disconnect between you and not you, but between people and their kind of understanding of the natural world. There's also, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in society, we've gone out of our ways to, to, disconnect ourselves from these kind yeah. of very natural things, you know, these, these bodily fluids and stuff. Right. Right. I, yeah. The, the, the notion of these bodily systems being taboo is fascinating and kind of absurd. And I, I'm always drawn to that particular um, unease that we humans have about that. So I'm all, it's kind of a, just an interesting area to explore and mine, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly there's been a, a, a through line over your, your, you know, your, your last several books, both in, both in terms of science. And I think one of the things you pointed out was uh, the, the effects on the human body, or at least that the human body was, was, was a, a through line there. Um, and, and as somebody who, who in a way kind of happened into this, I don't want to say fell into it, but yeah. maybe stumbled almost into, yeah. uh, science writing, um, you know, is, is this something you know, have you finished the cycle? Are you are you looking to uh, to, to to make a, a shift at all? I am running out to a certain extent. Running out of running out of not body parts, but aspects of being human or being a body that uh, fall into that sort of category of being an interesting taboo that we prefer to push aside. So yeah, I may. I'm always open to a shift to do a different, completely different sort of book. And I don't, at this moment, have another book lined up. I am thinking of different types of books. Uh, Yeah, so it's not not that I feel that I, you know, it's something that I enjoy, and if I could come up with another idea that I felt worked as well, I would do that because that's something... I know and enjoy, but I don't have anything right now, so I may be forced to wander yeah. off into some other pasture. Those, in a way, though, that setting that constraint for yourself almost makes it easier, right? I mean, it's keeping with the theme, at least, it makes it easier to, at least for a while, you know, come up with concepts for for books. Well, yes, yes, it's it's. You know, each book is a completely new terrain. It's all it's all completely fresh, and so I don't I don't get bored with it. Um, there is a sameness in terms of it, it being thematically along the lines of what we've been talking about, but it doesn't it doesn't feel constricting. Um, on the other hand, you know, uh, change change is good, as yeah. they say. Change is also risky. You know, you have a you have a, a, a readership who's yeah. like, oh, I can't wait for the next. Gross, disgusting, disgusting, interesting Mary Roach thing. I can't wait for that. And then I come out with, I don't know, a meditation on 
place or some like I I don't know what I would do. Is that is that based on a like? Because I know I'm sure you're kicking ideas. Is that based on an actual thing you've been kicking around? A meditation on place? No, I don't know where I got that. I would never do a place. I just it was just something that came into my head. No, you know, uh, um, a memoir or a who knows what I would would do or a novel or something. Uh, I you know you, you you have to win people over all over again because there's going to be a certain amount of disappointment yeah. that you're not doing the thing that they enjoy. You know, I get disappointed. People are disappointed when I don't do stiff over and over again. They're like, why don't you do, a, do a stiff too? <laughs> we want more bodies. How come you don't write, uh, what is that called? A, a, not a sequel, yeah. How come yeah. you don't write a sequel to stiff? <laughs> I, I still get that from time to time. So uh, it is, yeah, there's a, there's a risk involved in it, but that's okay. If I felt like there was something I wanted to dive into for a couple of years, sure. that's a completely different type or genre or tone, I would, I would do it as long as my agent and editor were supportive <laughs> of this particular idea. Did, did, you, did you see yourself as a particular kind of writer prior to getting into this theme? No, no, not, no, not at all. I, I landed here because of a column I wrote for Salon.com years ago when Salon just started. And that was the subject matter of my column and the tone that I, they didn't really care what tone I wrote in. You know, <laughs> sort of the more salacious, the more hits, the better. So that's how I ended up where I ended up. And then an a- I talked with an agent, like agent that I still have, Jay Mandel. I talked to him about books. He just called me and said, why don't you do a book-length project? And I, uh, that, out of that conversation came stiff. I'm just wondering because, you know, if a lot, it, se- it seems like a lot of people, you know, certainly um, when I graduated from uh, from college, I – you know, had, had very specific things in, in mind that I, that I want to write about. And I'm wondering if, if you did as well, or whether you just sort of knew that you wanted to be a writer and kind of whatever came with that came with that. No, I didn't even know that I wanted to be a writer. Oh. I didn't do any writing in college other than papers, which I hated. I didn't know. I didn't know that at all. I, I graduated not having given a, a thought at all as to what I was going to do with my life. Which is, looking back, I mean, how is that even possible? How stupid can you be? <laughs> well, but I did that, and I thought, oh, I went to Wesley, and I'm special. Someone will want to hire me and give me a fabulous, interesting job. They'll figure it out for me. That's the attitude that I came into the world with, for better or worse. And I uh, came out to San Francisco. I did you know, catering. I did market research, phone calling. I was... Uh, uh, grunt at the PR department at the zoo. I guess that's where I sort of thought, oh, writing, maybe writing. I did copy editing. I did proofreading. And uh, so I, I didn't know. I had really no sense of what I did well or wanted to do for a living. I understand how you fall into a certain topic, but how do you fall into writing? Well, you come out of – it's one of the few skills. Yeah. That you graduate with. Sure. You can string together sentences. And, you know, I, it felt that felt like the only thing I knew how to do, I guess. That's actually one of the things that's always sort of got me about being a writer, where it's, you know, it, I see my friends who are, you know, musicians or who can sort of, 
you know, m- m- direct a movie, do these other creative pursuits yeah. that like don't have an easier barrier of entry. And in a way, it's always sort of got me down about my own profession in that in, in a certain sense, it's something that just about anyone on a very basic level can do. Yes. Yes. If only they knew how easy it is. I mean, it doesn't require any training. You don't need a certificate. You don't have to go and perform in, in front of somebody with a you know clipboard who's going to make sure you're fit to be allowed to practice. You don't have to take any boards or residency tests. I mean, it's it really it's it's kind of astounding how yeah. how accessible it is if you just have kind of the willpower and the determination. I mean, I guess you have to have a certain sense for what's good and bad writing, but I think that it can be developed just about anywhere. I know it can be developed anywhere because I know how I wrote a long time ago, and it's pretty bad. <laughs> there's a there's a thing out here called regretterature, which is uh, writers getting up and reading early things that sure. they wrote. And I read a short article about guppies as pets <laughs> that I wrote for the SPCA when I had a part-time job there in the PR office, and it's terrible. I mean, you wouldn't read that and think, this woman has a promising career as an author. You know, you'd be like, wow, they put this in print? They're trying to fill space here at the examiner, I guess so. <laughs> not, not only not only does she have a, a promising career as as an author, but this this woman who went to a, a liberal arts college <laughs> has a promising career as a science writer. Right. <laughs> Yep. See, it's just uh, really whatever you want. I, I, whatever you, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. I guess that's that's yeah. the lesson to take away <laughs> from this. Is if you set your mind to it, you're pretty much going to do it. Um, so I'm sorry. I'm not that determined. I'm really not, <laughs> not that driven. And look where I am with so meager a background. So, so, and I, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what um, I was, I was sort of hinting, hinting at this earlier, but we're, we're at the point in, you know, you've, you've got a book coming out in, uh, in March. Um, we, we, we talked a little bit about how you're, kind of trying to kick around some, some ideas for, for the next book, but I'm wondering what the next, the next two months are going to look like for you. The next two months, uh, well, yeah, the book comes out April first. So the next two, the next couple of months, uh, I'm in that stage prior to a book being released, where it's kind of open season on an author. Mm-hmm. Your your people know that you're up for grabs to write for anybody and anything for free. <laughs> Would you do a blog entry about this? Would you do, you know, your five best picks for this website? You know, this book website. Would you? do, you know, an op-ed, do whatever it is. You are kind of beholden to the system of book promotion to do it. So you do a lot of uh, low-paying, not terribly time-consuming things related to the book. And a lot of, uh, you know, I should be doing a lot more tweeting, you know, doing a lot of, uh, uh, just sort of gearing up for the launch of the book, just sort of small tasks that never go away. There's a long list of little niggling pre-book launch tasks that, that sort of... And I, yeah, I'm also doing other things uh, in between all of this. I'm not, that's not the only thing that I'm doing, but I, uh, it's difficult to really dive into another book while you're just about to launch the yeah. last book. 
So yeah. I'm not even. I'm not trying. I try not to worry too much about what what will come next. How long ago did you finish the book? Well, you know, nine nine. You could say nine months, really. But I, what so it's I, like a I've baby. always. It's like a baby. It is. It's really like birth of a baby. <laughs> You, we, I freak, this is, this is something unique to my relationship with W.W. Norton is, uh, I turn it in and there's always another chapter that needs to be added mm. that is always, uh, what happens. So I had to go out and report another chapter and, uh, there's, you know, there's the revisions process, then there's, uh, you go through the copy, copy edit and you're, uh, you know, and I'm doing magazine articles along the way here and there as well. Um, but it, it seems like, a big chunk of time in which not that much gets done. You know, uh, there's, I have in the past begun work on the next book during that mm-hmm. process and you get, you know, you, in fits and starts, you can get things done and be doing research. And I've been looking into a couple of ideas that may or may not turn into a book. Um, but it I, always feels like a very scattered time where you've got one foot in yeah, one I, book and another foot in another book. It's like Twister. <laughs> And I've got to imagine that it's um, it's hard to all of a sudden go out on the road and have to talk about something that you not haven't thought about, but haven't been actively engaged in, and you know, the better part oh, of yeah. the year. Yeah, I, I actually the week before I leave on book tour, I make flashcards. I go through my own book and I make flashcards to help me remember the things that are in the book. Right? <laughs> specifically, you know. When there's dates and, and statistics, some, something you know that I want to sound intelligent about and, mm-hmm. and, and say specific things rather than speaking in general terms, which most of what um, you're doing in interviews is fairly general, but sometimes you dive in and sound intelligent about your own book, yeah. and I can't do that because I haven't, I haven't read the thing in a year. So I do. I make uh, flashcards. And again, you've got these like cold hard facts too. I mean, you know, it's it's a yeah. very science is a very particular thing. Right, right, yeah. You want to you want to feel like you have a mastery of this stuff because, after all, you did write the book. Yeah, you want to feel like you have a mastery <laughs> of something that you really didn't have any concept of before you started writing the book, which is kind of right. fascinating. Right. So yeah, yeah. For each chapter, you go through. You know, there's a period of time while you're writing that chapter, you are really sharp on that topic, and then you move into the next chapter, and you kind of forget about chapter six, and and then the nine month period goes by, and at the end of that. You, you really have no idea what's in your book. I've had people ask me questions that I, I just guessed. <laughs> I don't know. Someone once, it was Leonard Lopate, when Stiff came out in New York City. He goes, Theophilus, was he Greek or Roman? I forget. I'm like, dude, I'm what if I know? I don't know. It's in the book. Look it up. I go, yeah, they, yes, Greek, of course. Sounds and he like did a Greek Alexandrian. Name. He was neither. It was a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Why are you doing this to me? Oh, he, 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 he laid a trap. <laughs> well, I don't think he did. Actually, I don't think he intended to. Oh. But, um, he, guess yeah, Hrothus was he Greek or Roman? And and I just picked one randomly because I couldn't remember. And then I looked it up, and he was Alexandrian. I don't. Who's gonna? You know, how, how many people are gonna be calling? Uh, calling up. I mean, it's NPR, Mary. Probably a lot. I'm probably guessing. yeah, probably several dozen. Excuse me. <laughs> I can't believe that your radio personalities and authors don't have basic knowledge of Alexandrian history. The worst. Um, I, I'm wondering, uh, 
you know, you've, you've got that. We, we, we visited your, uh, your office. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm wondering like when you're in the process of choosing a, a new topic for a, a book, whether it's really, you know, how much, how, how much, how similar is it to people just sort of sitting at their, their desk for their desk job? Are you, are you there? Do you go in the office? Are you working? Are you like surfing the internet trying to figure stuff out? Do you need to, do you need to go on like a, a vision quest or something? Do you, <laughs> you, you go <laughs> to the desert and topic? drop peyote? Yeah. Uh, well, what, one thing that I do is whenever a reader emails me and particularly if they say, what are you working on next? They say, I don't know. You tell me, give me an idea. What's the most interesting thing you've heard about lately? So I do a lot of that. It hasn't, I mean, I do get a lot of interesting ideas lobbed back, but not yet yeah. one that has quite fit me and my particular interests and needs. Uh, so I do that. Uh, I tend to try to call people on the phone rather than email because I find that things come out of conversations that don't come out of email correspondence. Yeah. Um, I I don't do if my feeling with the internet is that if it's already on the internet, it's kind of already out there, and I want something that's underneath a rock that hasn't been picked up in a long time, mm. and, and I wanna I want to get at something m- more special and secret. Is it? So it's um I I can't I don't know I don't really know where to look. I just have to yeah. have faith that I'll find it somewhere. I'm wondering if it's something where is it something where you know you find a a nugget that ends up being a fact in in, in a chapter yes. and you draw you, yes. okay definitely like packing for Mars one of the nuggets was something I came across writing a Vogue story in 1989 or something I was interviewing some astronaut doctor guy who told me about that video toilet the toilet mm. with the video camera in the bowl but you don't actually crap but it it can show you how you're sitting down at what angle, which because it's not easy to sit down in the zero gravity toilet because you're not sitting, you're hovering. Anyway, he mentioned this. I'm like, whoa, you're kidding me. I have to write about this one day. And there's never a way to work that into a magazine piece. Hmm. So, um, well, maybe there is, but I never found a way. It depends on the magazine. Depends on the magazine, yeah. So that was lodged in the back of my head. And then I was at the zero gravity tank one time for a magazine piece. I had little bits and pieces of, of cool space center stuff, and I knew that it was a world that I found interesting and entertaining. Mm. I just kind of had to find a way to make it co- cohere into a book. Yeah. So sometimes it just, you know, you, you take three little things that you love, three really tiny things that seem fabulous, and you think, well, what book would these be mm. in? Because the topic of the book itself isn't particularly special in any way. It's it's the the stuff that's in it. So yeah. if you can kind of scoop up enough little fabulous nuggets and see the book that they need to be in, that's kind of what I do more than saying, "Oh, here's here is a cool thing that needs a book written about it." It's like what wh- which one of these is Radiolab going to want to turn into a piece at some point? <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> Um, are, are you, are you the kind of writer that has just a lot of kind of unfinished, you know, or just, uh, false start books lying around or do you, do you, do you start one of those nuggets, figure out a topic and just kind of power on from there? Um, I, I have from time to time, uh, headed off in the direction that proved to be fruitless, Mm -hmm. but I don't usually go, I don't usually go very far with it before 
I realize it's a dead end. I haven't ever had the experience, and I hope I never do, where you spend six months and realize yeah. this just isn't going to work. I mean, I, that must be yeah. really tough, really tough. Uh, I could imagine spending a few weeks. And, and also, you, frequently, I'll think a book is heading... You know, I'll think that a book is going to encompass things that it won't end up encompassing. Mm. So I'll take a trip to... Berlin, say, or Utah, and these are actual trips that, that, that didn't uh, end up contributing anything, or they didn't end up fitting the theme of the book. I mean, it seems weird to think that I have a theme, but in my head, I know, I know it doesn't doesn't fit. By the time I get halfway through, I can see what needs to be in the book. But it, when I start out, I don't really know. So there's there's wasted time. There's there's definitely I'll go to a conference on forensics and then go, oh, you know what? This book doesn't have any forensics in it. Oh well. Oh, well, you know, uh, that was an interesting weekend that I didn't need to. Yeah, but it's like, but, but there are worse things in the world than going to Berlin. <laughs> yeah, no, true. <laughs> Except that it was winter. <laughs> it was winter. It got dark at three. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to ask you this, and we, we can close on this, but uh, and so, sort of related now, kind of a kind of a hacky question, but but I'm curious now that we're kind of going down that that path. But I'm wondering if there are any particularly like terrible book ideas that you've ab- abandoned that jump out at you. Um. Oh, I'm sure that there are terrible book ideas. Oh, terrible book idea. Uh, well, at one point when I was kind of mucking around with packing for Mars, I had, I had been to the bed rest facility, which is that place where people are paid money to lie in bed for three or four or whatever mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And I found this strange... For, like deep space travel. Yes, yeah. to study zero gravity because the things that happen to your bones and muscles lying down in bed are similar. You have the same kind of atrophy that you would without gravity, floating around in space. So they use it as an analog. They put people in bed for three to six months and look at what happens and how they might um, combat that degeneration. So I thought, this is, yeah, that whole scene, the the bed rest facility was a very strange, surreal, kind of great world. And the people in there were were utterly fascinating, some of them. And I thought maybe um, that world of being a guinea pig might be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, people who it's not a bad idea. Make a make a living taking pills or yeah. signing up for stuff. People get paid just for, to to be a body for science. Um, I kind of thought that that might be interesting. My agent thought that that was too limiting, and it hmm. felt like it had been. Yeah. done or it felt too familiar anyway uh i came to see his point of view so i just it became a chapter in packing for mars so you know within a week that idea had morphed into the space packing for mars book so okay. it was it was more of like what i thought the book might be became something broader and ultimately i think a lot more interesting but I mean, if that's if that's the worst idea that you can think of, that's not you're doing all right. It doesn't actually seem like a terrible idea for a book, really. In the end, uh, no, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be terrible. I mean, A.J. Jacobs did. Uh, he kind of did a lot of the, yeah. uh, my life as an experiment. He sort of uh, went and did a bunch of those stuff. So no, it is definitely not a. It's not. It's not really a bad idea. <laughs> uh, what if I had an? Okay, scratch that. <laughs> uh, sure, I'm sure that I've had lots of dumb. Um, 
I put you on the spot. No, sure, sure. You know, it's like they're they're in your head and then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. For the better, probably. Yeah, for the better. That's all right. I put yeah. you on the spot. I'll. I'll... <laughs> I know that you know. As soon as I hang up, I know like okay. ten of these are going to pop into my head. Send, send me, a, shoot me an email. And we can we can amend it to. The... Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The worst I'm idea. I'm confident. I'm I ever confident. I have a lot of bad ideas yeah. that I've had. Well. Thank you. Thanks so much. This was, this was a lot of fun. Oh sure, sure. I really, I really enjoyed it. Great. I really enjoyed it. Are you are, are you doing a, a write a podcast on writing in general? Or is uh, it... I'm just kind of. To, I'm just trying to talk to people I think are interesting about things I think are interesting, which is yeah <laughs> a broad a broad topic I know, but um, you know I'm, I'm, it's I'm, not a good topic. Yeah. yeah, I'm just kind of trying to 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 steer people away a little bit, probably from what they usually talk about, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I'm a writer, so I'm interested in writing. Yeah. I, I always, I always enjoy uh, talking about writing. It's kind of, yeah. I'm always interested in hearing how other people do it because I think people do it locked in a little room. And yeah. They don't really have any, I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't uh, take classes or, uh, or courses in it. So I kind of, you kind of just figure out a way that works for you and it may have, no overlap at all with anyone else, you know. So you are kind of curious, like, how do you do it? <laughs> what? And, uh, how, how? Yeah, I mean, you, so you don't lock yourself in a little room, then? No, I do lock myself in you a do. little room. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but but I mean, because you do that, you have no sense of how are other people doing this. It's not like you work uh, in a hospital where you see other people doing ah. their jobs all the time. You know, you're, it, it's fascinating to me as a writer because I don't. Um, you know, just not as you're not constantly exposed to people yeah. doing it, and people people have such completely different methods of doing the same thing. Somebody, I was talking to somebody about uh, uh, about writing a while ago, and they, um, I, I, I'm sure you're familiar with if if you haven't read it, you may even know the author, but the um, the Midnight Disease. Have you read that? No. Oh, it's a book. No. It's a book about hypergraphia, which is. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. People feel the need to constantly the write? compulsion to 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 write constantly uh, <gasps> by somebody who who suffered the disorder. I think. Um, wow. And and that's so. And I keep coming back to that because I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's, I feel like if I if I'm if I write for a living, then I it, it almost should be a compulsion. But the, you know, there are definitely and so it is sometimes. You know, sometimes I feel bad when I'm not writing, and sometimes it just flows out. But you know, you almost like writing is one of those things where I guess probably similar with any kind of creative or quasi creative suit pursuit where if you don't feel like you're channeling something, you feel like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. 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 I, I well, I, it is, it's one of those, I, I think that, uh, I, when I'm, when I'm part of why I like writing is that it, it's so, it, it, it kind of takes me out of, the world and all the things that I fret about in the world, which it's it's like an it's like a uh, a sedative or not, yeah. not a sedative that's the wrong word but it so consumes me in a pleasant way that whatever's on my mind whatever's been troubling me whatever whatever is like the, those little buzzing annoying things that fly around your head when you're not busy mm. they're those are gone for yeah. big chunks of time and I you know uh, which it seems like. 
kind of a belittling way to describe writing, but it's it's sort of a, it's a pleasurable distraction and, and it's all consuming. And um, then you step away from it with this sense of satisfaction that you've got something done, that you created something that you like, and that feeling to me yeah. feels like happiness. That feeling of oh, I wrote something today and I like it. That's that's uh, one of the ways I feel happy. So I. Um, it's it's like a drug in that sense, I guess. It's it's kind of interesting what yeah why why people do it and what they get out of it. I, I was thinking about this recently because I, I just f- uh, finished. I don't know if it was the most recent, but one of one of Joan Didion's recent books, which are obviously just horribly depressing given what she's been through. And um, I, I wonder if I wonder if it, you'd still get that sense of you know, removing yourself from stuff when you're putting yourself in the most uncomfortable place in, in the, in the place that you want to remove yourself from, you know, she's writing about the death of her, her daughter and her husband. Right. Right. When you, yeah. When the thing that you're writing about is the thing you want to escape. Yeah. Then, then it becomes like, I guess it's a more falls in the category of processing. Catharsis. Mm-hmm. But catharsis yeah. is a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, right. I've never, I've never, done that i've never written about something very upsetting yeah well hopefully nothing yeah. nothing of didion-esque level has has happened in your life because <laughs> man yeah yeah i know i i also wonder you know and on a similar i'm like i'm like why am i why am i reading this too you know like when you're talking about like catharsis like why am i putting myself in this place where i'm just reading such a such a upsetting, uncomfortable thing. Is it the, the one about the death of her husband? Uh, yeah, and her, you know, and her and her daughter. You know, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I could read any. I could be reading anything on the train right now. Why am I? <laughs> why is this what I? Yeah, you know, no, or why do great. people listen to sad music or you know any of those any of those things? I wonder if people you read things like that to just feel better about your like uh, as bad as things are. God, at least yeah, at least it's not. I guess. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I don't know. That was just I, I liked jo- Joan Didion, so I wanted to read a Joan Didion book was the main thing, and people had said it was good. But um, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the Midnight. You should definitely read that book. I feel like that w- that would kind of that be sounds a, right a, around, a, yeah. I, I, yeah, hyperphagia. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, again, again, thank you so much. That um, one is hypergraphia. 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 Yeah, hyperphagia is hyperphagia would something. be eating a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not also not a book that I want to read. No, I, I, no, no. <laughs> There's a chapter in Gulp that's that, not hyperphagia, but okay, that that will. Yeah, that's. I guess also. Yeah, why? I, I, I guess you could also ask the question: Why does somebody want to read a, a, a book about fecal popcorning? Right. Fecal <laughs> popcorning. Why would anybody not want to read several sentences on fecal popcorn? How could you? How could you resist? Anything called fecal popcorn. Well, when you when you as talk, long as, just, as long as it's just a few sentences. Well, that's a, th- book, okay. that's a funny thing is when, when we talk about these like nuggets and about you like in in I think I'm going to mention to you, but in, in the 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 piece that we did for the site on you, um, I probably mentioned fecal popcorning about four times during it. <laughs> it is it's irresistible. It is. I can't tell you how excited I was when I came upon in a paper. It was in a paper in an engineering journal. It was a, about it was that uh, paper about some of the difficulties in designing zero gravity toilets, and they talk in this kind of a review of the history of the zero gravity toilet, and they mention it in quotes. It's like a term, fecal popcorn, and it was like that made my day. Yeah. Something exists in the world, and I have found it. So we call it fecal popcorning. 
They have to do. They have to. To some degree, they have to do it to amuse themselves. I would imagine. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, they didn't seem very amused at it when I met them. I mean, it's not a pleasant thing to talk about when it's when it's like a reality for you. It's one thing when you're writing a book, but it's another when you're floating around with your day to day challenge as an engineer. uh, You're less amused. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I I know you got to run to a thing, but this was this was a lot of fun. It was very fun. I really really enjoyed it. Again, thank you so much. Yeah. No. No problem. I I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Okay. Okay. Bye. All right, everybody, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this, the second episode of R.I.Y.L. Uh, obviously, uh, a gigantic thanks to Miss Mary Roach for joining us. She's got a new book coming out next month. It's called Gulp, uh, Adventures on the Alimentary Canal, uh, keeping in with uh, with that theme of uh, accessible but, uh, but thoroughly disgusting science that uh, we love so much from her. Um, you can check that out very shortly uh, or check out uh, any one of her other books, uh, Stiff Spook, Bonk, Packy for Mars, uh, all out now, all uh, all quite fantastic. Uh, wanted to thank Geneva for cutting this thing together, and uh, thanks to uh, to Box Brown for for drawing the logo. Uh, we will be back hopefully very soon with another episode of this program. Uh, if you'd like to uh, shoot us an email, you can do so. It's riylcast at gmail.com. and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you very soon. Mm-hmm.